Well, we decree and declare to you today, it's the year of transformation. Amen. And uh, what does that mean? It means anything that you need to see transformed, this is that year. Amen. Uh, special anointing, acceleration on that. And I'm going to start out by going to uh, Matthew 17, if you would, with me. Matthew 17. And in verse 1, the scripture says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. This is the Greek word metamorpho, and it basically means transform. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Now, what you're seeing here is Jesus in his full glory. These three individuals were able to see him for who he really is. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to this phrase. Listen to him. Not only do you see Jesus in his actual glorified state here, he's also showing you what's going to happen to the believer. Yes. It's not just Jesus' state, it's what state you're moving into a glorified state. And I want you to understand, to get there, to be like him, to be transformed like him, you and I are going to have to pay more attention than ever. Amen. Listen to whom? There are all kinds of voices out there. All kinds of creeds, all kinds of cultural nuances, all kinds of religions. But there's only one Son of God who died for you and for me. And what does that Heavenly Father's voice say from the cloud? Listen to Him. Which means if someone contradicts Him, you throw out that and you listen. You choose to listen to Him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Now, I want you to go over to Mark 9 and see the, the Mark version of this same story and account. In uh, Mark 9, verse 2, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up on a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. Again, metamorpho is the Greek verb there, and it simply means, again, to be transformed. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then Mark says parenthetically here, he did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. What? Listen to him. Come on, shout that out. Listen, Listen. to him. And let's put the name in there. Listen, Listen. to Jesus. How many of you have some things that you'd like to see the Lord transform this year? Raise your hand if that's you. You're going to get there by what? listening to Him. As we go through this today, this is just kind of set things up for you for this teaching. It's declared the year of transformation. You know, sometimes uh, a direction will come to me late in the year, sometimes even early in the new year. 
This one came to me quite a significant amount of time ago, and I knew the Lord was up to something very special in our lives. And when we're talking about transformation, we're talking about the year of great supernatural and consequential change. Say that with me. Supernatural. Supernatural. Consequential. Change. Uh, you're not going to recognize yourself in a year. Are you excited about what God can do in your life? Because we know that nothing's impossible with Him. And you may be sitting there thinking, boy, this situation is just too far entrenched, too difficult. God can't possibly transform it. Yeah, He can, and that's His word for you. Say it's great, supernatural, and consequential. The key in this, you know, rendering in both Mark and Matthew is learning to listen to Him. Filter out everything contradictory. Filter out everything that's trying to vie for your attention. And focus, laser beam focus on what He's saying like never before. This word metamorphio is where we get our word transform from. And it literally means to change from one form to another. To change from one form to another. You may be sitting here in despair, but you're going to change to hope. Amen. You may be sitting here today, you feel like nothing but a, a third-rate sinner that's never gotten a clue and you know how to live this life. You're going to go from sinner consciousness to what? To being a saint of God in your mind, because that's what He calls you. You're going to go from death to life, from hell to heaven, that's a good thing. Darkness to light, curse to blessing, defeat to victory, bound to free, sick to healed, and from lack to great abundance. Amen. Listening to Him. You're going to go from one form to another. The concept of metamorphosis or transformation, most of us know from the time we were little kids that we saw a little, you know, bag on a tree, and we noticed that that was a caterpillar inside of there, or, you know, and we, we knew that eventually what was going to happen? Something's going to happen is they're going to break out of that cocoon, and either a moth or a butterfly is going to come forth. And experts tell us that it's only supposed to take about 5 to 21 days to come out of that cocoon. The Spirit of God tells me that there are a lot of people sitting here today that you've been in that cocoon a lot longer than 5 or 21 days. Poke somebody and say, you're coming out of the cocoon. God never designed you to stay in that transitional state. Between amen and there it is. It's time for you to start living in the land of there it is. Well, that cocoon is different for different people. There's some people in this room and that cocoon that has kept you from your great transformation is a thing called condemnation. Instead of listening to what Jesus said, neither do I, neither do I condemn thee. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Instead of listening to what he had to say, you sit here today with your worst mistakes not very far from your mind or your heart. And sometimes people will bring it up to you. Well, that's up to them. You know, they can live that way. But it's about, it's about time you started listening to what he said and break out of that cocoon by letting the condemnation go. Amen. You've been so convinced that your error, your sin, your mistakes 
are so much worse than everybody else's in this building. And they're not. According to the word of God, you break one, you've broken them all. And yet the devil is using that one thing to keep you bound up. All the potential, all the ability, all the anointed, all the lives that could be changed if you could just bust out and fly. But it's that cocoon of condemnation holding you in there. Well, it's time for you to fly. That's it's time for you to fly. Because either he forgives all of us when we repent and give our lives to him or he forgives none of us. A very subtle influence invaded the church years and years ago and created an artificial hierarchy of sin. There is no such hierarchy. So whatever it is that's holding you in, that cocoon, whatever thing that's on your mind, whatever condemns you, it's time to start listening to him and receive your freedom in Jesus' name. The person is a pastor. I can't wait to see what you produce when you break out of that cocoon of condemnation in your life. Want to tell you a secret? That's what the devil's afraid of. Stay in your bag. He's got you. But he's afraid of what's going to happen if you ever start listening to Jesus and move forward in your life. No, we don't condone any sin. We don't condone anybody's behavior that contradicts the word of God. But we don't condone condemnation either in Jesus' name. There are too many believers that walk around every single day with a sin consciousness, even though he took your sin and gave you his righteousness. He wants you to start developing a righteousness mentality, just as if you never sinned. And you can't do that if you're walking around in condemnation in your life every single day. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them it's time to break free. You said, no, that's not my problem. Well, it might not be a cocoon of condemnation for you. It might be, you know, a cocoon of offense. You just can't let things go. <laughs> you just sit there year after year meditating on what they did, meditating on what they said. How they betrayed you, how they hurt you. Raise your hand if you've ever been betrayed or hurt. Wow, look at the hands. Amen. And all that's happening is that person that you're not walking in forgiveness towards, I mean, no, God does not want us to bring that baggage into the new year. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, God does not want that baggage in the new year. We're not saying what they did was right, how they handled it was right. We're not saying how they treated you was right. That's not the point. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is how you're going to respond to it. But you're trapped. And all you have to do is realize that you've got the ability. You can take the sword of the Word of God and cut yourself out of that bag today just by letting people go. Amen. So say it with me. I release and forgive every person who's ever sinned against me in my entire life. I let them go. I release them. I forgive them in Jesus' name. You'd be amazed how many people live decades in that bondage. Some go to the grave with it. Amen. 
My Old Testament professor used to tell this joke all the time, and he would say, you know, a guy was driving by a cemetery, and he saw this man cowered over a grave, and he was obviously distraught. And he drove by, and he stopped, and began to listen to the man. The man was crying out, why did he die? Why did he die? Why did he have to die? And so he stopped. He's trying to minister to the man. He said, well, was it your father? No, but why did he die? Why did he die? Why did he have to die? Well, was it your son? No, but why did he die? Why did he die? Why did he have to die? Well, was it a brother, an, an uncle, a cousin? No, but why did he die? Why did he die? You can chime in if you want to. Why did he have to die? Well, who was it? My wife's first husband. You really, that got to be such a joke around our seminary that we would just all in a chorus. Because sometime during the semester, he's going to tell this thing. But you know, it's, it's, if you're taking this to the grave, you wasted a lot of years. And you did not do anything to that person. That's not even your department. Amen. Well, I sure wish God would get on the ball and do something to these people that are, you know, wreaking all this havoc. Well, guess what? He's not blind. He's just merciful. He was merciful with you too. How many of y'all can remember your stupid years? Raise your hand if you can remember your stupid years. How many, how many glad for great grace and mercy? Amen. We just have to apply that same level to somebody else. Amen. Some people are trapped in that by condemnation, some by offense, some by grief. It's a powerful force. It's not just grief from losing somebody to death. That's obvious. It can be loss of a dream, a vision, a business, close friendships. I remember, uh, you know, George Pearson's of Eagle Mountain Church talking about uh, his wife one day. He came home after a long day at the office to find his wife curled up in a little ball in the living room, absolutely beside herself, sobbing like a baby. And he was like, well, what in the world happened? And that's when she said, you know, this, this couple that we led them to the Lord, got them baptized in the Holy Ghost, discipled them. They've been with us 25, 30 years. They just walked out the door on us and left us. And that close friend was severed and she was having a hard time dealing with that stuff. That's the way a lot of people are in the body of Christ. You've had something like that happen to you. And instead of realizing that God can, can take you through a process of grief without you being trapped by the spirit of grief. And there you sit in that cocoon. It's not condemnation. That's a good thing. It's not offense. But you're sitting there in grief year after year, not realizing the damage that thing can do. It, it absolutely, you know, just absolutely saps you of energy, of drive, of, of momentum spiritually, of creativity. It takes away your hope. It takes away your future, your expected end, your horizon. Grief is a terrible spirit to be bound by. And in Jesus' name, if you're struggling today, I call you whole and sound in Jesus' name. You're coming out of that cocoon in Jesus' name. You're about to spring out and do what God's called you to do. You can see the devil wants you to stay in that cocoon, whether by condemnation or whether, you know, by some offense or whether by grief. And I know it's a spirit. I've had close friends of mine die before. I, you know, I buried Jerry Henley, you know, and I buried Mark Randall and officiated both of their services. And there, it, was a, it was a gut punch. But when we buried my dad, it was different. And I've watched this. Almost weekly, almost tangibly to put my finger on it, that spirit trying to worm its way into my life. 
but it's not going to have me in Jesus' name. And it's not going to have you in Jesus' name. Amen? Say with me, it's not going to have me. I know where he's at. He's up there playing golf with Moses and Jesus. Amen? True story, we were over there at Hopkinsville playing around the golf one time, and right next to the golf course, I don't know if this is like a sign or an omen, is the mental institution. <laughs> Maybe people that play golf should be in that institution. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it's a dog leg right, which means it goes straight up with your first shot and then real, real tight uh, turn to the right, and you can't even see over here to the right, and there's a little, little you know, uh, post there with a bell on it. And what you're supposed to do is hit your shot and ring the bell so the people behind you know, because they can't see you, that they can go ahead and hit safely without smacking you in the head with a, ball, with a golf ball. So he hits his shot, a beautiful shot. I get up there, approach the ball, you know, getting ready to swing, and all of a sudden he clangs the bell on my downswing. <laughs> and of course, I just whiffed the ball. So I hope he's up there learning some etiquette. <laughs> well, etiquette. So about three holes later, I just kept it to myself, and he was, he was, he was really hitting really, really well, golfing really, really well, just really good. And uh, he bends over the ball, and this would have been, you know, like a, an approach for, for a birdie, and I, I let him bend over, and as soon as he started his back swing, I went, clang, 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 Amen. I got even with him. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, I am not. Staying in my cocoon another day. Five to 21 days, not five to 21 years. That condemnation, amen, and that offense and that grief, it sentenced you to years in, a, in an intermediate stage he never called you to. Amen. There's a reason why he compares your spiritual life to what? Eagles rising. Glory to God. You want to get there, though? You're going to have to listen to Jesus. Amen. I don't know what's kept you in your cocoon. All kinds of fears, doubt, unbelief, experiences you've been through. But I do know this. He's saying one thing to us. It's the year of transformation. Amen. Watch this. And it already started when you got born again. You have everything on the inside of you you need for life and for victory and for peace. It's already there. It's just been upset, and the process has been stagnant. Amen. But all the Lord's congregation, you're going to just box your way out of those bags, and you're going to walk on with God. Amen. And you're going to do great things in Jesus' name. Turn to somebody and say, this is your year. The year of transformation. There is a special heavenly allowance this year for change. His favor, His mercy, and power are being made available for you and for me like never before to change. But it all starts with us recognizing what's going on and making a quality decision that we're not going to stay the same. Man, turn to somebody and tell them you're coming out. <laughs> Isaiah 42, 9 says, See the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. Watch this. He's announcing them. Are we listening? He's announcing, it's up to us to listen. There's a theme here. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Look at somebody and tell them boldly. Do not dwell on the past. Tell them again, forget the former things. 
do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It's time for you to stop lingering around in the past, whether that was last year or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and move forward. Amen. Do you not perceive it? It requires that you hear it, that you listen to the announcement, that you perceive what he is doing in your life and let him do it. I want you to say every day, all this next year, 2023 is for me. Come on, shout it out. 2023 is for me. A lot of people even have good intentions. You know, they have all this idea of what they're going to do and they make all kinds of resolutions. You know, resolution? Tim said to me this morning in my office, he said, you know, I appreciate resolutions and all that, but I'm just going to try to be consistent. Look at somebody and go, word. word. How about you resolve to get out of your cocoon this year? Say it, 2023 is for me. You need to believe it, declare it, and expect it. Believe it. Declare it and expect it. Listen to Romans 8, 29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's the end game for you and for me. Look at what Jesus looks like for real in the transfiguration and understand that's what you and I are headed towards. That becoming like Christ in nature and character and values and priorities and anointing and purpose. That's the end game. That's what this theme all year long is going to be about, how we watch God transform one person after person, one situation after situation, one setback after setback, one problem after problem. This is the year of transformation. Turn to somebody and tell them, this is your year. Come on, shout out, 23 is for me. Say again, 2023, 2023 is, is for me. There is nothing he can't transform. We're going to talk this year about transforming your life and your mind and your money and your will and your health and your emotions and your marriage and your family and your church and your community. We're going to believe God to just do an overwhelming work, amen, in our lives. And every day you get up, you expect him to do that. Turn to somebody and tell him he's working on something. But where my heart went to today is, is this long-standing battle people have. Uh, something just even invisible, you don't know what it is, but it's been holding you back. I, uh, I can't tell you what that is. I just gave you some examples. But the arm of what could be keeping you in that cocoon is, 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 you know, that list is as long as my arm. It could be grief. It could be offense. It could be condemnation. But I know somebody who knows exactly what it is. I just told you what the enemy would try to do with me. He's trying the same thing with some of you. Whatever it is, he does not want you flying. You need to ask him. Seriously, as this new year begins, what is that thing that's it's holding me bound in that bag? That's a transitional stage. It's not supposed to be permanent in our lives. And how many believe he'll tell you? Yeah. 
How many believe that he'll tell you? Oh, if you ask him, he'll get real serious about it. He'll tell you. Amen. Uh, I learned a lot about the Holy Ghost and his ability to know things and share things from growing up with my mom. You know, you always heard about parents that had eyes in the back of their heads. She had them everywhere. One big blonde eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we uh, were all age group swimmers. And we had two uh, uh, foreign students who lived with us for about a year and swam on our swim club in Illinois. And uh, they were from uh, Brazil. And one was named Ricardo and one was named Fabio. And let's just say that Fabio liked to party. And, uh, you know, Fabio had, uh, had a few issues. And he was a good swimmer, good, talented swimmer. But he just, he wasn't all there in terms of his morals. And uh, I remember... Uh, my mom, I don't know, you washed some clothes or something like that, and you got into the drawer, and there she finds this big bag of pot. Uh, let me just help you. Growing up in our household, you didn't bring drugs into our house. Uh, I don't care what Colorado says. It's still not God's best for you to be involved in that stuff. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and, of course, she confronted him, but then she, she hid the drugs. Uh, she put him behind a piano in the living room. She didn't tell any of us. <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> but then she went back to get it. And the mice had eaten all the reefer. <laughs> and I'm imagining myself, those two or three mice going back to, you know, going back to their nest. Hey, y'all got any Cheetos? <laughs> Man, I'm getting, I'm getting some serious munchies here right now. I'm telling you what. Yeah. <laughs> I sure would like some of that pizza. <laughs> Another one going, I believe I can fly. Just having a good time. If they, if they survived, I don't know, they were well poisoned for sure. But she just no thanks that are not knowable in the natural. Amen? You know, slipping into the realm of the Spirit, you have access to knowledge you would normally have. Now, this is not part of my sermon, but your parents listen to me. As a parent with responsibility over a child, a born-again parent, you have a right to that same kind of anointing and understanding, to know things you couldn't possibly know except by the Spirit of God. But I'm just telling you this, that there's nothing the Holy Ghost doesn't know. He knows exactly what's kept you bound up in that little cocoon. Amen? Amen. And all you have to do is just ask and then listen. And you'll find out exactly what the nature of the issue is for you. You know, it only, one, only takes one lie to be a stronghold in your mind to hold you back all the days of your life. Let's find out what that is. Let the Lord expose that so you can move forward this year. He has good things in store for you. Amen. Do you believe that? Say, yeah. so He has good things in store. And last thing, He wants you sitting on a tree in a cocoon for another year. Come on, shout out, I'm coming free. I'm Say, it, I am going free. I mean, with all your heart, shout out, I am going free. As free as He is free. In Jesus' name. Now, we started out talking about the transfiguration. What's the message to take away from that today? Listen to Him. 
Watch this. The only voice of absolute truth. The only voice of absolute truth. I want you to bow your heads for a moment as we prepare to receive communion today.